Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 168 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony on the porch smoking again. I'm not rubbing that in Michael's face at all. Man, I am so (laughs) jelly right now. The first time you did it, I had like five minutes to prepare. Uh, Last week, I don't remember why I couldn't get out there. And then today it rained this afternoon in my, Mm -hmm. my outdoor area. It doesn't do well when it rains. So... Sad day. I need I need a better covered porch than what I currently have. So anyway. covered porches are life, especially in the south. Like yes. covered well, I, porches are life. I, I I get that. There's a lot of them. So mm-hmm. Anthony, how you doing? It's, it's only Man. been a few days since we since <laughs> we talked. Right. So we we were on talk recorded on Monday and it now it's Thursday. Um but we're recording been, on Thursday. That's hey. true. This is our normal recording time. So <laughs> yes. like this. This is, we're not going to mess up this episode like we have the last two episodes that have not been on a Thursday. <laughs> For some reason, we get way off. Like when we get off of our schedule, it's like we don't know mm-hmm. what to do. Yeah. And, you it's know, it's not routine. Just, yeah. Yeah. So, but man, it's been, uh, it's been a good week this week. We've, uh, we've just had a busy work week trying to just, uh, deal with everything that's coming in as fast as it comes and, and handle all the things that happen at work and, you know, I try to, I try to leave my work day as much from, uh, from nine to five or whatever hours I work seven to five. And, uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I, I occasionally do have to work from the house and, and I'm privileged enough to, to have a, a, a way to do that. So it is kind of nice when I can just, if I'm, which the other day, so I'll, I'll tell you this story because this happened, this was Wednesday. Um, yeah, this is just yesterday. Man, I had, I got to the office and I just, everything just kept piling up. And I was like, it got to be like one o'clock and I had spent an hour and a half on the phone with our credit card company. Mm. Um, And I finally was just like, you know what? Forget this. I'm leaving. I'm going to get lunch because I've been on the phone for an hour and a half and I'm starving now because <laughs> I basically worked through lunch. So I'm going to get lunch and then I'm going home. That's what I'm doing. And I did that. Nice. <laughs> So, I mean, it was still like three o'clock when I got home, but it's, you know, that is what it is. So, but you were, you were done for the day. You said, oh, I was out. done. My brain was finished and, and, uh, and I did that. So the big uh, question is, did you get that issue with the credit card company resolved? Oh, I did. I did. Um, and I was very persuasive in my words. I was, mm, yeah, good. that's what, that's, that's a good way to put it. I was persuasive. Okay. So, how are you, man? How's your week been? Same. We're uh, it's, it's uh, all sorts of crazy, man. We uh, we hired a new guy, and he has come in and just kind of changed the landscape of the company that I work for a little bit, which is good. Um, he works way more efficiently than 
we could have ever imagined him working and we're having to like my boss that keeps saying he has to like go out and sell jobs so we can stay busy because now this guy's come in and is like oh if we don't get more stuff in we're not going to have stuff to do because <laughs> of how quickly he works <laughs> but um that's good yeah things are good man we're just uh staying busy and we have a busy weekend coming up this weekend with just some family stuff we're doing and we'll get into that uh here in a couple of days but we're we're uh, we're good man well, that's awesome. Well, we are going to do what we always do, and that is drink beer and talk yeah, about are. the Bible. We're going to talk about the book of Haggai, and you may have uh, previously heard this if you grew up in a southern church called the book of Haggai, and I would just like to point out that it uh, there is not an I after the G. It is just Haggai. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry if I just rocked your world and ruined reading the Bible for you forever. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I do. I mean, I, Oh, hi guy. <laughs> that's, I guess that's my controversial statement for the week. <laughs> Some Southern Baptist preacher somewhere just like, um, had an alarm go off in his head. Like, Oh, someone's pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> Somebody said, hi not hi <laughs> Oh man. All right. Oh well, man. Hey, I gotta get my beer. I forgot to get it out of my. Since I'm sitting on my porch, I don't have an outside refrigerator yet, so I have to put my beer mm-hmm. in a cooler. So I got to get my yeah. beer out. I was like, "What are you doing?" I'm getting, you getting ca- my beer. You kind of you kind of freaked out there for a second. <laughs> it happens from time to time. Don't tell anybody. Well, since you're getting your beer out, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone what you're drinking? I will. So uh, this is from Scotland, Scotland. This beer brewery is in Scotland. Um, it's called it's called Old Engine Oil, and the I, so I always made the joke talking about Guinness, which I think I'm taking that joke back now, because once we had Guinness on the uh, big box beer bash thing, Majigger, um, I actually kind of appreciate Guinness a little bit more, and so I think I think maybe I didn't give Guinness a fair run when I was just getting into my beer drinking days, but anyway, uh, this one is actually called Old Engine Oil, uh, and it is a craft stout, and uh, it's also uh, considered to be a black ale. Um, but I love what it says on the can. I don't know if you can see that right there on the top. It says beer ingenuity. <laughs> mm, <laughs> little pun there. That's cool. Cause we like puns. Um, yeah, but do. this is a, uh, a craft stout and it is viscous. It is chocolate and it is roasty. That's what it says on the, on the can. Um, basically this is just a good old stout according to the can. And, and, uh, comes from I'm a, I'm going to hope I say this right. I think it's Harvestune Harvestune Brewing there in Scotland in uh Hillfoot Village, Scotland. Um so imported from the UK going and international. That's right. We're going international tonight with a beer from Scotland since 1983, crafted with a twist since 1983. This beer won the best porter in 2010. That was 12 years ago, so I'm, there might be a better porter now, but in 2010, it was the best. So that's what I'm drinking. What are you drinking tonight? So tonight, I'm drinking from the faraway land of uh, Oklahoma. Uh, a little closer than Scotland is, but mm-hmm. still far away far away from, from me. From uh, Prairie Artisan Ales based in McAllister, Oklahoma. I have the Patches Treat Sour Ale. Um 
the can has it described as a sour ale with sour gummy candy. Um, and it comes in at 5.5 ABV. Um, I've got two of them up here tonight because it's a sour ale and it looks like it's going to taste like Sour Patch Kids, which is one of my top three favorite candies, probably. Ooh, yes. Um, on this website, which is, I've never seen this website before. It's called Tavor.com. Um, that describes this thing as, or says, sour fans with a sweet tooth can feel like a kid again with a sour, gummy, candy-packed concoction from Prairie, one of Thrillist's best breweries in the country. Mm-hmm. So, Sour Patch Kids vibes is on here. Um, sweet candied sour. It looks like it looks like it's going to be exactly what I hope for, and also. I have a container of Sour Patch Kids up here with me. Nice. So I'm going to do a little comparison. Um, I was and, I was thinking I had done... Uh, so I did the Seasick Crocodile at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that was a Prairie Ale, Artisan Ales beer. What was... you? I feel like you did a Sour Patch Kids something. I think I did at one point. It was a long time ago, though. That's what uh, I was... Because I remember back. it. We're gonna have to do some cider research. cider patch punch. That's it from Glacial Till cider patch punch. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's the one. Okay, well, but anyway, yeah, we should drink so a little bit of beer. We should. We're gonna crack them open, and then we're gonna. I'm gonna pour mine up in my Babylon B mug. Oh, I've got my beers in Bible mug because that's how I roll. That's hey, thanks Tyler for the beers and Bible mugs. <laughs> All right, let's crack them open. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. Whoa. Ooh. Oh, man, that's promising. Stoutalicious right here. Dude, this looks like a milkshake. So the question is, should I go ahead and pour the second one in? I've only got four you, of these, so do, you've got do the I giant wanna, mug. So yes, I do, but I, but again, I've only got four. It's true. Well, it's open now, so <laughs> couldn't wait for. I really couldn't wait for the definitive answer, so I just went for it. Hey man, you do you. All I've had to drink tonight uh, at dinner, I had one of those uh, the Scandinavian apple hard ciders from last week. Mm-hmm. So I basically had water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that stuff was super pale. So, oh, I, yeah. So, following up from <gasps> last week, I said uh, I said oh, I was going to try one of the fruity ales, not smoking my pipe because I thought maybe that had had, had tainted my my view of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, no, it did not. It was still was not good. Still got two and a half luthers. Um, and still garbage, huh? Still, still just not not good at all. So sorry, sorry about that, uh, crickets, Dave. Um, maybe I'll find another one and it'll be better. I say you don't apologize for them not having good beer. <laughs> not your fault. This is true. I'm sure somebody likes it, and that person is not me. But I will so, say this: so my wife helped me figure out what I was calling pineapple and like apple mixed together citrusy flavor is actually it's a fruit called bergamot 
which okay, I, I think I feel like I have to hold my pinky up when I say that. You got to get your um, monocle out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get my monocle out because it's a it's a fruit that is used to they zest it and they make tea out of it. Earl Grey tea is a tea made out of bergamot, and it's a it's a citrusy tea. And okay. I was like, well, apparently I don't like Earl Grey tea. And my wife was like, well, I love it. And and I was like, well, taste this. She's like, I don't want to taste it. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> Don't help me out. That's cool. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fine then. Be that way. <laughs> well, mine smells like a bag of Sour Patch Kids, so I'm very excited. Um, and I think mine we smells get, like a stout. We should get to drinking. You've got the perfect uh, beer for smoking a pipe too. Yes, I do. Stouts, Stout, stouts, is... stouts and porters are are the are good pipe beers. So yes, they are. Well, let's bottoms up and see how these things do. Let's go. Cheers. Okay, so I'm having a buttered rum tobacco tonight <clears throat> with my with my porter, mm-hmm. and I think uh, where where I thought the pipe was making my flavor bad, I think my pipe might be making the flavor good tonight mm-hmm. because the mix of these two together is fantastic. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I really. Yeah, it's there's nothing really there's nothing really like holy smokes that's like you know it's just a this is definitely just a good old stout mm-hmm. um which I'm I'm gonna let you simmer I'm gonna go first because uh, I feel like yeah. you, you're gonna need to simmer but I also feel like I know where you're coming down to mm-hmm. so okay. um this this is a just a a good old stout. Um, I am not at all surprised that a good stout would come from Scotland. Um, I've actually been to Scotland uh, one time. And did you have any stouts while you were there? I didn't have a stout while I was over there. Um, I'm not sure how much I can talk about. Nah, I don't care. Um, so I went on a church trip. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and at one point I was, I was able to just kind of like, I got away for a little bit and we, Everybody, it was one of those kind of free days where we were just roaming around. Mm-hmm. And so I went um, and I played you golf. A, you went down a dark alley and, and <laughs> exchanged beer for <laughs> haggis. No, I, well, I went and played golf that day. And so because nobody else in, in our group wanted to play golf, it was just me by myself, uh, which I was totally fine with. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to enjoy playing golf. And, and then after I played golf, I went to the uh, clubhouse where they had a little restaurant there, sat down, had some lunch, and I ordered a beer with my lunch. And it was a, I mean, it was just a, it was a Scottish lager was what I had uh, mm-hmm. with with my lunch. But it was, uh, it was good. But this, I mean, this is just a, a good, well-brewed stout. Um, I mean, it, it's not, I'm, I'm not really expecting anything to be like, holy smokes, you know, this is so unique and colorful and things like that. So, um, I, I don't think it's going to get five Luthers for me, but this will probably get as close as you can get. And I'm going to give it four and a half. And I'm going to say wow. that the four and a half is probably because I'm smoking the pipe. Um, because this, the butterscotch flavor of my tobacco mixed with the roasty chocolatey, uh, flavor of the stout 
is like mm, it's it's on point tonight. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna give it four and a half Luthers because it's worth it. So cool. old engine oil getting four and a half. Very cool. So where is Sour Patch? So Patch's treat. Um it's very good. We y- y'all know how I do. It's a sour, and I like sours. Mm-hmm. Um, the initial flavor, like the very first flavor I had of it, it it tasted like I remember Sour Patch Kids tasting. Mm-hmm. And then I ate a sour. I had, like I said, had some Sour Patch Kids up here, so I ate a couple. And I'm going to backtrack a little bit that the beer doesn't taste nearly as much like Sour Patch Kids. Of course, it doesn't really claim to taste like it. It just looks like it should. To be fair, With though, the can, they said it was named after the iconic candy. Well, no, they <laughs> the the brewery didn't say it. A, another website oh, okay. that had this on it that was describing it. Gotcha. Because okay. I, I went to their website and this beer was nowhere to be found. Ah, uh, one of those. Hey, breweries, yeah. what's up with that, by the way? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I understand no. you discontinue beers, but come on. <laughs> with that, I mean, this thing was just canned in January, like late January of this year. Yes, it should be on. You should have a spot on your website, archived beers, something yeah. like that. Come anyway. on. <laughs> anyway, the flavor is still really good. Um, it, It's almost got, there is some sour there, but it almost has more of a Swedish fish flavor. To me, okay, which is still, which is still good. Yeah. Like I still, I like Swedish fish. Um, I had to take another sip just to get a, just to recalibrate. I'll say this from just watching the video, it looks darker than I had anticipated it would look. Oh, it, it's it's pretty. Like, it's I mean, okay, it's it's not quite as dark as I was thinking, but it's, it's still like, it's like floaties and stuff in there. Um, okay. I'm going to rate it. I am going to give Patches Treat four and a half Luthers out of five. Um, just because it's not, it's not exactly a Sour Patch Kids flavor. Okay. But the flavor is still very good. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty darn close. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about it. Well, there you go. That's a good. A couple of four and a halves. Yeah. That's better than last week. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, that my uh the apple hard cider, still not that good. Still still three. Did yep. you give it three? Yeah, you gave it three. Yeah. That may have been generous, but anyway. <laughs> but there's our beer review from the week for the week. Anthony reviewing Harvey Stone's. I butchered that Harvey Stown. <laughs> Har- Harvey Stown? Stoon? Harvey Stoon. Har- Harvey Stoon. Harvey Stoon. If you're in Scotland, please help us. Please um, we have one guy that's oil. from the United Kingdom. Help us out with this one because you probably know what this is. Probably so. <laughs> Old Engine Oil getting four and a half out of five Luthers from Anthony and Prairie Artisan Ales Patches Treat getting four and a half out of five Luthers from me. <laughs> And there is our beer review for the week. So stick around. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and we are going to discuss the book of Haggai next.
Welcome back to the Beers and Bible Podcast. We're going to talk about the Bible now because we drank a little bit of beer, and it was pretty good beer tonight. It was good beer. I'm glad a, we had some good beer tonight. It was a uh, a nice change from last week, honestly. Yes, yes. We don't have very many bad weeks, but last week was a bad week. Last week so, was just a, it was a double bad week because we both had beers that were kind yeah. of, eh. Yeah. That doesn't so. happen, like, hardly ever. It doesn't. But, but here we are. But here we are. So we got a couple of good beers. And tonight we're going to talk about the book of Haggai. And Haggai is wrapping up our prophets. We're moving into uh, some post-exilic prophets here with the book of Haggai. So Haggai is roughly around uh, 520. So this is, remember, the exile or the destruction of Jerusalem is in 586. They go into exile. They come back out of exile, uh, return back into Jerusalem somewhere around 540 maybe like 539, something like that. Um, and Haggai is uh, prophesying or his his oracles are recorded roughly in the 520 range. Um, he is a contemporary of guys like Zechariah. And so um, some emphasis that we're gonna that we're gonna see through the book of Haggai is that God's people need to rebuild the temple. Um, and this is where you're gonna get uh, if you if you, want to follow this rabbit trail. I'm not going down it, but if you want to follow this rabbit trail, study the difference between first temple and second temple Judaism. Hmm. Um, because at the time when they returned from exile and they rebuild the temple and that this is Solomon's temple that was destroyed in 586. So Solomon's temple was supposed to be like the glorious one. Um, and then they're rebuilding the temple here. This one is supposed to be as equal or better than Solomon's temple. Okay. So they've been tasked with rebuilding uh, the temple. Um, and then we're going to see the significance of God's presence in worship through this. And all of this is related to the temple now. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, as we talk about it, just, just keep that in mind, the, the significant, the significance of God's presence in, in worship. And then also related to worship is the syncretistic worship that Israel has been engaged in and has led to the hardships that they are facing. Okay. Um, things like syncretism and pragmatism uh, have really kind of embedded them themselves into uh, the culture. Um, and then when we get to the walkthrough, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And so I'm going to save that for there, but um, just remember here that Jerusalem was destroyed in 586 because of their syncretistic practices. And mm -hmm. so they go into exile and they come back out of exile. And just within a matter of like 20 years, it's starting to creep back in. Their old nature is starting to creep back in and they're getting back to a syncretistic style of, of worship, or they're just not focusing on the presence of God through their worship and, and engaging mm -hmm. that in their worship. So, just keep all that in mind as we orient ourselves with the book of Haggai. Give us a little bit of advice for how we should read Haggai. So when you read Haggai, um, it's it would be it's helpful to read um, Ezra one through six also, because um, Ezra will provide some historical context for what's going on at the same time as what Haggai's mm -hmm. what's happening in Haggai. So um, Ezra serves as kind of a backdrop. Uh, for what uh, Haggai is talking about here. Um, we're going to see the central theme of rebuilding the temple 
Um, Anthony kind of touched on it a little bit, but the temple has like they had built it for they'd been building it for a while and then they paused building it for almost two yeah. decades. Um, and <laughs> they the people stopped to build homes and work on their farms, which are not bad things in and of themselves, mm-hmm. but it's not what they were called to do. They're called yes. to rebuild the temple. There's um, a lesson to there's a lesson right there. Just yeah, there is. Just and saying we can touch on that in a minute if we need to. Um, but this is you know, this rebuilding of the temple is important because the temple is the special place of God's presence yeah. and it's the proper place of worship. Uh without the temple, his people can't gather, his people can't properly worship. Mm-hmm. Another lesson, maybe for mm-hmm. well, 2023 20, church in America. I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> is that controversial? Not really. Um, so it should be. <laughs> anyway, um, but there's a few distinguishing features um, as you read Haggai. Um, oh, sorry. Let me back up. Um, the work on the temple stops, mm-hmm. and the people are experiencing drought and poor harvests. Yes, they are. So it's almost like they're interconnected. What? Like the work on the like. The temple not being worked on is causing some other stuff. I don't know. Maybe just food for thought there. Um, Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dana Harvey. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, okay, We're getting so now, derailed tonight. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> and it's Thursday. What's the deal? I know. Um, we need to just record on rent. anyway. Well, <laughs> sorry. A few distinguishing features of Haggai. Um, it's not poetry. There is more of like a rhythmic prose that Haggai's written in. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses questions to lead the thought process rather than just like proclaiming it like here is exactly what it is. He kind of poses these questions to get the people to think about what's mm-hmm. going on and it's one of the things I like about Haggai. Michael will Michael will attest to that. I love yes, asking questions. <laughs> he does. And and finally, Haggai uses repetition. Um, and he's effective at it. Yeah. Um, he'll he'll repeat phrases um throughout the oracles, um, which will give you um which give you like things to focus on. Uh, so like <laughs> In the first and third oracles, he'll he says, "Give careful thought," uh, four times total. Um, yeah. He says, "I am with you." In the first and second oracle, and so on and so. There's other examples, obviously, but um, he uses repetition to get his point across. Yeah. Um, and then finally, here um, <clears throat> the dates um, related to the oracles they're interesting here because they would have been times when the people were not busied with their normal activities. Mm-hmm. So. There's no excuse for not getting the things done mm-hmm. that needed to be done. Haggai is the only book. I'm, I may be wrong, but I think Haggai is the only book that like really specifically gets down to the day. It's like on the sixth day of this, you know, the twentieth day of the sixth month of this mm-hmm. year. You know, like it, it really narrows it down, and and I, I think that's on purpose because that's exactly what what they're talking about there is. On this day, when when the people, <clears throat> when they should have been working, they weren't. And so, realistically, when God calls them to work, he pulls them from things that they are currently doing. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And yep. so, but he's like, hey, you didn't do this when you're supposed to. It's kind of like when your kids, you tell them to do something and they don't, and then they get busy and you're like, you need to get over here and do this, but I'm working on this other thing. Well, you should have done this a long time ago. Right. Kind of, kind of a thing. So, but anyway. But there's all of our advice. <clears throat> now let's walk through Haggai. Um, Anthony, why don't you take us through this first section here? Yeah. So as we dive into the book of Haggai, we're going to open up chapter one um, is basically the call to rebuild the temple. Um, God's house has not been rebuilt. You just said this, even though they focused on which. Okay. So they started rebuilding the temple in like 539 when they go back into Jerusalem, but then they stopped to build their own personal homes. And, and again, mm-hmm. It's this is not about saying that doing something for you personally is wrong, but I think there has to be <clears throat> there has to be a, a focus on when God has called you to do something, you do that thing. You know, it's one of the, one of the things that I actually preach to my kids. I tell them, I say, you don't play until your work is done. You know, if your work is if your chores are doing the dishes and taking out the trash, you don't do the dishes, go play for 20 minutes, then come back and take out the trash. You do the dishes, you take out the trash, then you go play. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's that's that's almost what they had done. But they they kind of use this. Oh, we need to build our houses thing to to say this is what we're going to do. And and. At this point, God's really, I mean, he's calling them out for it because he's like, hey, you said, or I said, build the temple. You started, then you went to go do your homes. I've kind of left you alone for like 20 years, seeing Mm -hmm. what would happen. And, you know, hey, I'm calling you out now. Um, Hey, I'll say this. If it takes them 20 years to build their homes, they need new builders. True that. True that. Because, yeah. I mean, it was it was like bricks and stuff back then too, and they weren't yeah. building big homes, yeah. and they, they didn't they, have codes. Yeah, they, they could literally <laughs> just put up four walls and throw a roof on it. And be like, okay, we got a home now. Let's go back to building the temple. Done. Um, so so they're they focused on building their homes, and then he two two different times he implores them to consider your ways, which I think is interesting. Um, because again, like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I, I actually read Haggai like a parent talking to his child. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just, you know, it, I, I hear things that I say to him, Hey, you need to think about what you're doing. You know, you need to think about the words that you're saying. You need to think about these kind of things. What are, what are you trying to say? You know, I always hearken back to my, um, theology professor in college who would say words mean things. Uh-huh. And, and you, when you think about the statement, words mean things, that means you need to think about what you say. You need to consider your ways. What are your actions saying? What are they, what are you portraying with what you're doing and saying? Um, and and Haggai here tells them twice, hey, consider your ways. Of course, mm-hmm. and, you know, Haggai's relaying the word of the Lord, so really it's God telling them that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of this, the people actually respond and say, you know what, you're right. We need to uh, we need to rebuild the temple, and they get back to work on on uh, God's house. And so that sets us up for chapter two. So take us through chapter two, most of chapter two here. I was about to say, there's only two chapters. So um, <laughs> so the first part, the first nine verses, um, talks about the glory of the second temple. Um, and the the book that we're using as our like guide here, it, it poses this like, scenario um, – Try to imagine how someone 70 years old or older 
might have felt when they saw that the partly built temple was obviously not going to be like Solomon's and far short of Ezekiel's grand vision. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, here Haggai is, is addressing the people who have been longing to see the t- temple finished. Um, you know, it's it may not ultimately end up looking or being what they thought it was going to be or what they thought it should be or you know they're building the second temple to um because Solomon's was destroyed so you know these people are probably thinking well is this going to be like the old one and that's not always the case like or that's not going to be the case here yeah um but we see that you know this the glory of the second temple should and does ultimately point to Christ. It is it's it points to Christ when he's standing in the courts of the temple in John yeah. 2. Um he assumes this role and and he in um all of this points to that section of scripture in John. Yeah. Um and then the next uh nine or ten verses uh, in chapter two um are a defiled people purified and blessed. Um, this section paints a picture of why Israel is defiled. Um, and we've talked about that since we started this discussion a year ago. Um, uh, but their ultimate, but that defilement is reversed um, at the word of God. When, when God says, um, when God says that, you know, you're defiled no more. All of their past transgressions, yeah. all of them are wiped away and they're made clean and uh, the, the curse is reversed and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then from that point on, God will bless them because yeah. of their, um, not because of their previous faithfulness, but because, but because of God's faithfulness. Yeah. It's all, it's all about God's faithfulness there. Yep. You know, and it's it's interesting um again how how these stories and how these prophets relate to the gospel and they point to Jesus. Yeah. Um and and even even with the close of the book here, the the last few verses is is a message to Zerubbabel. And you're kind of like, well, this doesn't really fit with anything else in in the in the book, but it does because what's happening is God is giving this message to Zerubbabel and it's a, basically a promise that says, Hey, that thing that I started a long time ago, the King, uh, the Davidic throne Mm -hmm. is going to be fulfilled. Remember the second temple and Jesus standing in the, the second temple, the, the courtyard there and basically saying, you know, you can tear this temple down in three days and I'll raise it up again. Mm -hmm. And, He's not talking about the physical brick and mortar temple. He's talking about the temple of his body, which he does do. And so it's a forecasting, it's a foreshadowing of uh the death and resurrection of Christ. And then Haggai ties that to the Davidic line, which God promised that David's throne would endure for forever, which is ultimately found in Jesus, the high priest. You can take it from there. You know, it's 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 they're painting a picture of the gospel in a book that's obscure. 
you know? Mm -hmm. But man, what a testament to what scripture actually is. From Genesis to Revelation, it is the repeated story of God redeeming his people for his purposes and for his glory. You know, he didn't have to bless them. He didn't have to restore them, but he did because he's a faithful God. He's a covenant God, and he keeps his word. Even when we fail, even when we mess up, he keeps his word. Yep. And, and you know, trace that all the way back to the original Abrahamic covenant where God is the only one who passes through the animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and Abraham does not pass through the animals. And basically, that was because God knew Abraham could not keep the covenant. But God mm-hmm. said, it doesn't matter if you keep the your your section of the covenant. I'm going to keep my section of the covenant. Right. I'm because, going to deliver. Because part of God's character is that he never fails. He, mm-hmm. he is, when he says something, he means it. Um, if he says he's going to start something, he's if he says he's going to do something and he starts it, he's going to bring it to completion. That's right. Um, you know, and, and we can trust him. We can take his word and know that what he says will come to fruition. Yeah. It may not look the way we think it should. It may not. Mm-hmm. Um, the path to the destination may be, com- you know, we may hope for a straight line and it's all twists and turns and <laughs> loop de loops and all sorts of stuff. But at the end of the day, if God calls us to something or if God sets us on a path, we're, he's going to make sure we get to the end of the path. Yeah. Yep. And, and like you just said, the, the, the end goal of all of it. <laughs> Is his glory. Yeah. Because that's who he is. He's he's jealous for the things that will bring him glory. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he wants more than yeah. anything. And we get to be a part of that by serving him, by serving others, by being involved in our local church, by um not because not to check things off the list and say, yep, mm-hmm. done that, done that, done that. But yeah. out of our gratitude, out of our thankfulness for all that he's done in our lives, those, those are things that we have, we get to do. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, uh, the themes, and I, and I said, we were going to hit on this and, and I think now's a good time to do this, but one of the themes is, is the rebuilding of the temple and the rebuilding of the temple signifies the presence of God back in in Israel, okay? And, you know, today, especially in our culture, there's this individualistic mindset that says, I can, I can be at church on the lake. I can be at church on the golf course. I can be at church here and there, okay? And my, my answer to that is always because I, I tend to fight against uh, a legalist mindset that mm-hmm. says, no, you have to be in church six days a week or, you know, and so I, I, my tendency is to push back against that. And, and so sometimes that gives me sympathy towards people who say things like, you know, I can, I can have church on the golf course, mm-hmm. you know, but the reality is that 
you can enjoy nature on the golf course and you can enjoy God's creation, but you cannot have church on the golf mm-hmm. course. You know, even if you have four people playing with you, I realize the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. But you're not gathered there with the express written, you know, um, purpose of saying we're going to worship and we're going to hear uh, the gospel preached. Mm -hmm. And so, no, you're you're not gathered in Jesus name. You're there for your own personal benefit and you want to enjoy something now. Well, also to Anthony, hold on before you get too far. Okay, you took that verse way out of context. I did take that verse way out of context. I'm going to point it out, (laughs) but I think you're doing it to prove a point. But you're right. I think, and and that's not to say that you can't have like conversations about Jesus or Mm -hmm. what you're going through or what you're you know share things that you're praying for on the golf course with your you know with your buddies or whatever. But you're not gonna you're not gonna sing. You're not singing worship songs. You're not sitting under preaching. Yeah. I mean, even if you've got like worship music playing and and you're got you got a sermon on on a radio or something, you're still <laughs> not solely focused on it. No. It's way different than being in church. And listen, if you if you skip church 3 times a year to go play golf, more How dare you? How dare you do that? <laughs> You know, Sundays again, are for the Lord. Sundays are for the Lord. Uh, but no, and, and, but again, that's what I'm, my my point is, and yes, I did take that verse extremely out of context, but remember also, I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. Yes, so. you can. We're going to get t-shirts. Oh. <laughs> if you would buy a beers and Bible, I can take all things. <laughs> I can do all things through a verse taken out of context shirt. Let us know. Let us know in the comments and, and uh, messages. But, but seriously, like it's not about being there every week, but if if you are not regularly dedicated to gathering with the people of God for the purpose of the edification of the people of God mm-hmm. through worship, prayer, and the hearing of the of the word, then you are not experiencing the presence of God as you should. Right. As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not. And I think Haggai gives us that point. It's it's they they put down building the temple because it became cumbersome because it became something that they didn't really feel was beneficial and then you know maybe they and then they, they were, got and then they got busy with that's right stuff that that, that was important to their families mm-hmm. building a house building a home is important to your family i understand yeah. that but there's a direct parallel to travel sports teams or now. <laughs> whatever you like that's the big one i i can't think of any other ones like right off the top of my head but like these you know parents that'll pull their kids out of sunday morning church because they're on a baseball team that travels mm-hmm. all over everywhere yeah and they only play on weekends which is ridiculous in and well, of itself i mean they can't play during the week you can't travel during the week when you got school and what's, you know, yeah, I agree school's important, but so is the gathering True. of the believers. Yeah. You know? And so you're, and, and, you know, for parents, I would say, think about what you're prioritizing to your kids when you say, when you do things like that. Mm-hmm. You have to get up and go to school five days a week, but we'll skip three out of four church services so you can play travel ball. Yeah. What message are you sending your kids when you do that? 
So, exactly you know, right. um, but the overarching theme of Haggai, I think, points to a people who are dedicated to the presence and and practicing the presence of God, participating in the presence of God. Uh, partake, dude, I just went straight up alliteration on this thing, per- partaking in the presence of God. <laughs> um, Participate, you know, partake, and practice. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> you, you, you'll be an SBC preacher before you know it. <laughs> I doubt it. They don't like beer drinkers. That's true. So, but anyway, there's some thoughts on the book of Haggai. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. Man, can I pray for us tonight? Do it. Let's pray. God, we thank you for another uh, time that we can sit down and we can uh, just discuss and meditate on your word. We can think about what it's going to teach us. Um, We can apply it to our lives. We can put it into practice, God, and and we can try um, to do all of the things that your scripture has taught us to do. But God, we also recognize at the same time, without your presence, we are nothing. Everything that we bring is nothing. And so, God, I pray that we would have, as a people of God, that we would have a focus and a dedication uh, to being in your presence, to to not putting it off and not trying to make excuses, God, but we would be dedicated and devoted to being in your presence the way that Israel was. And, God, that we would not forsake the fellowship of the believers. And, God, that we would dedicate our lives to Im- putting into the church all that we are so that we can see your glory through your church. And God, that that, that would return blessings to us. And so we're, we're thankful for that promise. We're thankful that you are a God who is consistent and you are a God who longs to be with his people, that you want to have your presence with your people. And so uh, we're thankful for that. And God, I pray that as we continue on and, and as we finish up the Old Testament here in the next couple of weeks, God, that you would continue to point us to uh, to Christ, that we could see Christ in, in each one of these books that we that we discuss. And and God, we're thankful that we get to see him here, that that Jesus is the ultimate presence and, and that that he is the one uh, who is with us on a daily basis. God, you gave us the spirit of God. And, and God, if we are in Christ, we have that spirit, the power of the spirit. And so, God, we are thankful for that. And God, I pray uh, that in all of our conversations and all of our thoughts this week, that we would be focused, we would be mindful towards the presence of God and, and how we can be better examples of, of practicing and being in your presence. And so, God, be with us this week. And, and we're thankful that you love us so much. And we're grateful for your son and what he did on the cross for us. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Amen. Michael. Yes, sir. If people wanted to reach us on social media platforms, where would they do that? You can find the Beers and Bible podcast on, let me do this right, Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. We are on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast. And you can also email us at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. Please reach out to us if you have any questions about anything we've discussed on the podcast or anything that you just have a question about that you think we may be able to help you with. And if we can't help you, we'll figure out the answer together. Um, Or if you have any beer suggestions for us that you'd like for us to review, 
um, we can try to track those down and I don't know, maybe give you a shout out on the podcast if we review one of your beer suggestions. There you what go. Was, what was the thing we mentioned earlier? Oh, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, me too. If you remember what we forgot, let us know. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find us. Well, there you go. Well, until next week, I hope that your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open. And we will see you later. Peace out.